All right. What's up? What's up? Good morning. Good morning. Sorry, I'm a few minutes late. Had to do a last minute, um, last minute thing. But good morning and welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on the channel. Um, hope you guys are having a fantastic Tuesday as I am. Let me make sure I got this clip thrown just right. There we go. Um, hope you guys are having a fantastic Tuesday morning. Um, and excited, super excited to be starting your day off with me here on the live. Uh, we got a jam-packed show for you guys today. Um, we're going to be, um, today is, uh, you know, relationship to, uh, not relationship, but therapy Tuesday. Um, and so we're going to be talking, um, we're going to be talking a little bit of therapy speak today. Um, we're going to, um, you know, take some questions from the, from the chat as always. Um, and you know, we're going to have a whole lot of fun again. Welcome back to the live and I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. You bet, you know, you're always one of my day ones. I appreciate you going ahead and getting those likes up for me. Don't hesitate to get those likes up. Um, follow me if you, if you feel froggy enough to, um, and feel free to join in the chat, um, and, and, and go drop down into that chat box with any questions, comments, or concerns that you may have. Um, again, I read everything that you say. This may not respond to everything that you write, um, so just keep that in mind and try to keep it classy down there in that chat box. Um, but again, I'm super excited to be among you guys today. Uh, we'll be on the live from 6 to about 7.50 this morning. Um, so uh, go ahead and, and you know, sit back, relax as you're getting ready for your day, and, um, and get, um, get ready with me here on the True Gospel Morning Show um, right here on TikTok and on Facebook Live. Um, so to get started, we're going to jump into Philippians chapter three, one of my favorite um, books in um, in scripture on today, uh, just to give us some encouragement in the Lord, give us some encouragement in the word. Um, give me one second to get to it. And that's what we'll be on. Uh, that's what we'll be parking today. Um, uh, let's see. Um, starting in verse number four, Philippians chapter three, starting in verse number four, it says, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day, on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted all as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, my, I may attain the righteousness from the dead. Not that I've already attained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the, toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if anything in you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. 
And so, hey, what's going on? I am one. Good to see you this morning. Um, what this word uh, shares with us today um, is that we, um, as we're growing in our knowledge and our wisdom of God, as we are his, our, our, as we are growing in our following of Him, um, we begin to delight ourselves in the Lord, and we delight ourselves in the Lord so much and with with such fervor and tenacity that nothing else matters. Uh, we get to a point in our walk with God to where the more we grow to know him and the more we grow to love him and the more we grow to be a part of his kingdom, um, the, 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 the more we press toward him, the more we reach toward him, the more we attain, try to get to him. And so what God would have us to, um, to know in his word today is that, you know, we can sometimes feel like we, you know, are, um, you know, are great because of what we have obtained because we are, because we have, you know, gained such wisdom or gained such knowledge, or we have, you know, um, you know, amassed such wealth or have gained, you know, title and status that we can sometimes want to measure ourselves and measure our greatness to uh, up against, you know, the successes that we have in this life. Like if we, 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 we strive to get high powered jobs, high paying jobs, you know, we, we get married for status. We, you know, want, you know, people to know who we are and be, you know, well-known, you know, celebrities in our cities or known celebrities in social media. Uh, what's going on, D? Good to see you. Um, you know, we, um, we, 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 we want so badly to, you know, be known for something, to gain notoriety. You know, we build our platforms here on social media platforms um, to try to gain, you know, to try to get eyes and to try to amass wealth and to try to, you know, gain things. We, we, we want to be seen and we want to be known and we want to be loved and we want to be adored and we want to be, uh, we want to, to try to earn status in the world that we live in. And in the faith, sometimes we can get caught up in that game too, where we forget that, you know, the, the faith that we have is not a faith that we've earned. It's a faith that was given to us by Christ. You know, Christ died and rose again so that we might be called the righteousness of God by repentant, repentance and belief and gaining a, a faith that is not ours. It, it's not, it doesn't belong to us. It belongs to Christ, but Christ gifted it to us. But we can sometimes forget that and we end up falling for the hype of thinking that, you know, in order to get into the kingdom, we have to earn our way in, that we have to do the Ten Commandments, that we have to, you know, that we have to follow the Beatitudes, that we have to, you know, uh, you know, rise up the ranks of ministry and become a bishop or become a pastor or become a teacher or an evangelist, or, you know, part of that so-called fivefold ministry. Um you know, we feel like we have to, um, you know, gain a certain, you know, amount of traction when it comes to the preachings and the teachings that we do um, that, you know, and sometimes we can feel like we don't measure up, you know, and, and we feel like that is what will make us, you know, known and seen in the kingdom. Right. But what Paul tells us in the word is that, you know, I, you know, if anybody going to brag about how big and bad they are, certainly it's me. Like I've done everything under the sun 10 times older, oh, 10 times over. But whatever gains that I've had, whatever accomplishments that I've achieved, 
I count it all as dung. I count it all as rubbish compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. Paul tells us in the word that, you know, if he doesn't do another thing, if he doesn't do another thing at all, that knowing Jesus is the greatest thing that he could ever ha that he could ever have accomplished. Knowing Jesus is what matters the most to him. And as a result, he is willing to put everything that he has on the altar and say, you know, here it is. I put this all on, I put this all on the altar. I, 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 I take all of my accomplishments and I take all my achievements and I take all of my goals and I take all of my, uh, you know, at my aspirations and I lay them all to the, to the, to the, put them all on the altar compared to knowing Christ, my Lord. And by knowing him and by loving him and by believing in him, you know, I have attained the greatest gift that I could ever have. I've attained the greatest thing, the greatest treasure that I could ever possess, knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And so what it tells us again in scripture today is an encouragement to all, to all of us that, yes, go and pursue everything that you want to pursue. I ain't knocking nobody for anything that they choose to pursue. But as a believer in God, as a believer in Christ, never put your accomplishments and achievements um, above and in, in comparison to knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, uh, Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing compares to that. You know, knowing Jesus and getting to know Jesus, you know, uh, following him, those things are what matter. And those are the things that will last. You know, heaven and earth is going to pass away, but knowing Jesus and our soul salvation, those are the things that will last. And so, again, you know, I encourage us all today, you know, that knowing Jesus and knowing that they know in the pardon of our sins and, you know, the great things that he's done for us. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Um, Cody Carnes sings a song um, that literally says nothing else matters. And he says to him, you know, I'm not here for blessings. You know, God doesn't owe him anything more than anything that God could do. He just wants him and nothing else. Um, and again, it's not to say that we don't have aspirations. It's not that we don't have dreams. It's not that we don't have goals. Not that we don't have accomplishments that we want to achieve in this life. But those things we can never put before Christ and say to him, this is what makes me worthy. A lot of times we want to count our worthiness in the kingdom by what we do. Even in ministry, we think about how, how, how am I measuring up to all these other um, great pastors and these great you know, ministers and these great you know, people. I remember I was talking to a guy um, in therapy and he was saying that, you know, I'm trying to get a wife and I'm, you know, trying to, you know, trying to, you know, get in a relationship, but, you know, I can't measure up to these pastors who talk about being a man's man. And, and, I, and, and, you know, they, all of them, you know, they are big and burly and six foot five and, you know, talk with a great, you know, you know, chest and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, um, why are you comparing yourself to a pastor? Like, why are you comparing yourself to them? And he said, because, you know, most of the women that I want to date, that's what they want. I said, so maybe it's time for you to change your dating pool because God created and designed you to be you. You, you don't have to measure your worth 
up against what other people think a Christian man is supposed to look like. The only measurement that you have is this word. And Christ tells us that we are all fearfully and wonderfully made. And if that's the case, then God didn't make a mistake when he made you the way that he made you, right? Like he made you in his image. He made you in his likeness. And so, you know, your worth and worthiness is contingent upon God. It's not contingent upon man. And you have to walk in the confidence that you are who God says you are and move forward with that. And in time, out of the many that you date, one person will stand out above the rest because that person will love you for you just as Christ loves you for you. And the more you get to know Jesus instead of trying to become, you know, worthy of, you know, you know, your, your, your try to measure your worth. And thank you for the share. I appreciate that. Um, appreciate that, my love. Um, the more you try to measure yourself up against, um, you know, the worth in the worthiness of others or try to even give what you've done to God and say, this is what makes me worthy. This is what this is. This is how I gain entry into the kingdom. God is telling us constantly, you can't earn your way in. You can't earn your way in. There's nothing you can do to, you, to earn your say, to earn to earn your keep in the kingdom. Jesus tells the rich young ruler, you know, if you really want to be in my kingdom, sell everything that you have. You know, give to give what you have to the poor and come follow me and you will have riches in heaven. And the rich young ruler walked away sad because he had great he had great possessions. Before that, the rich young ruler asked him, what do I got to do to get in the kingdom? And he was like, you just got to follow all these, um, follow, you know, the, the, the commands, you know, honor the Lord your God with all your soul, might and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And he was like, oh, bet. I got that. I got that. Here's my list. Here's the list of, you know, things that I've done, you know, so give me access to the kingdom. And Christ told him again after that what he told him and he walked away sad because he realized Getting in the kingdom is not just a matter of you, you know, doing the laundry list of things. It's about you loving Christ and he has to give you that love. We love because God first loved us, not the other way around. And so we have to put our trust in the master's hand. We have to love him and we have to honor him and we have to have a desire and a passion for him that supersedes anything else in this life. We, um... We know we, we are to get to a point where loving Jesus becomes our greatest pursuit. And again, that love comes from God and we can't possess that love on our own. We can never count ourselves worthy of the kingdom by what we do. We can only do what we do. We can only do what we do by allowing God to, you know, allow us to be put in a position where he allows us the space to be able to um, he allows us the space to be able to, you know, have a passion and have a relationship with him. And in such a way to where we grow in our great, we grow in our knowledge and we grow in our wisdom and we grow in our, you know, um, in our um, exaltation of him. And it becomes the greatest pursuit that we have from now till kingdom come. And so. Um, so, yeah, wanted to start off with that on today, Philippians chapter three encouraging all of us today your works will not give gain you entry into the kingdom and god is not measuring you in being a part of the kingdom by what you do that's the greatest news that we could ever have because on our best day our best is still not enough to appease 
an almighty God, a perfect God, an almighty God. And Christ has secured our faith in him by allowing us to be a part of his kingdom through repentance and belief. And so, again, we thank God that he thought it not robbery to give us this opportunity to be able to be a part of his kingdom upon repentance and belief. And that propels and compels us to want to follow him and to want to love him and to want to worship him and to want to lift him up and, and, and praise his name. And so again, to God be the glory for what he is doing, for what he has done for us when he defeated death, hell in the grave, when he got on the cross, descended into hell and rose again. And so we thank God for what he has done for us by taking on the penalty of sin and death um, for us. because We deserve that. We, we deserve all of that. And yet Christ did the impossible for us so that we might become the righteousness of God um, upon repentance and belief. And so. We thank God for what he's done for us, and it, and it propels, compels our heart to want to follow after him, and to chase after him, and to seek after him, and to, you know, become, you know, um, you know wiser in him um, as we abide in him. Um, and so to God be the glory for what he is doing for us um, as we are lifting up the name of the Lord. Um, I appreciate y'all so much. Um, uh, for for your comments thus far, appreciate y'all so much for um, you know, let me see what y'all got going on in this chat box today. Um, so I had a guy by the name of Manny Revert. Um, he asked the question, "How do I raise my value as a man?" Um, so um, first off, we have so the the first thing that you know I, that in, in in looking toward trying to raise your value as a man is you have to look to God, you know, you have to look to God. We will define our manhood by what the world says we're supposed to be. Right. And we'll look out and we'll say, we're supposed to, you know, be six, five, two fifty, can bench 500 got to be making, you know, six figure salary, high powered job going on trips can pay for the world. Um, you know, everything that society says a high value man is supposed to be. But God has a different set of principles that he wants us as children of God to live by. Um, and, you know, and again, as I said before, we are all made in the image of God and being made in the image of God means that, you know, we got to go to the to the um, to the owner's manual, to the um, to the to the manufacturer to figure out how exactly we're supposed to exist in this world. God tells us, you know, that, you know, being, being, a, being a man of integrity is a matter of us following him, knowing him, seeking him and asking him, God, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to be? Where do you want me to go? How do you want me to move? How do you want me to um, live? How do you want me to be the person that you've called me to be? And so at some point, you know, we get to we have to get to a place where we realize that you know, I have a relationship with God and God becomes how I define who I am as a person um, that, you know, I don't look out into society and say, you know, oh, this is how I'm so this is how a man is supposed to be. I don't ask society because society, they're they're fickle minded. Right. You know, they're of the they're, they're of the world. And what a man is today is not what a man was five years ago. What a man is today is not what a man was 10 years ago. 
what a man is today isn't what, what a man was 15 years ago. Heck, I could probably even go six months back. And six months back, you know, ain't no telling what, you know, what, what a man is supposed to be compared to what it is today. You know, especially with the advent of social media, everybody has this idea of what a man is supposed to be, what it means to be a man, what it means to, you know, be, you know, um, you know, a part of, you know, society and all this other type of stuff. And so rather than going to society and asking society what a man is supposed to be, we go to the, we go to God and ask him, well, who am I? Who am I in, in, when it comes to who you are? Who am I and who have you made me to be? And in doing so, that is how we raise our value as a man, as a man or as a woman, for crying out loud, because only God can tell us who we are and who we're meant to be. The men of it, being a man of integrity, being a man of character, being a man of worth. Um, it's as simple as going to um, Galatians, where it talks about the fruit of the spirit. Um, and let me go there right now. I'm sorry, it's in Ephesians. Uh, I am in. Uh, oh, excuse me. I'm in Ephesians. That's why I can't see it. Here we go. Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 16, says, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the flesh, Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. What this tells us is if we are to be the men and the women of integrity, to be the men and women of God, to raise our value as men and women in this world, we got to be in lockstep with the Spirit. Because by the Spirit, we are given these things, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And as we are walking these things out, as we're walking these things out in our hearts and in our minds, you know, we become what we become more like Christ. We are being molded and shaped into the image of our creator from one degree of glory to the next. And that is what makes us the men and women of high value, the men and women of integrity, men and women of God. And that is how we raise our value. We simply ask God every single day, what can I do today to glorify your name? What can I do 
to make you, you know, to make you, to make you, you know, want to, to make you, to make you, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, what can I do to make it to where you are, you are glorified in everything that I say and in everything that I do? You know, what can I do to make your name known? What can I do to make your name great? What can I do to stay connected to you? What can I do to dive deeper into you? What can I do to make myself more like you every single day? You know, that is what makes us the men and women of integrity. That's how we raise our value. That's how we raise our status. Because again, the status that we have is not our own. It's Christ. And we, and we are eternally secure in what we have. But we are exercising our faith every single day as God is leading us closer and closer to being more and more like him. He's molding and shaping us every single day. So how do we raise our value? We simply, we simply follow Christ. Put our hand in the master's hand and allow him to mold us and shape us into the image of him. We actively seek him. As it says in Colossians chapter three, we actively seek God and we put sin to death. We're actively seeking God and we're putting sin to death. And this is an ongoing pursuit every single day as we are actively becoming more and more like Christ. And as we're shedding off our old, our old man and we're shedding off our old pleasures and shedding off the things of the flesh, we, we begin to. Let our light shine before others that they may see our good works and glorify God. And so, again, how do you raise your value? Follow Jesus. Follow the blueprint. Follow the master. Follow him. Because he has made us his own. By descending into hell, rising again, he made us his own. Dying the death that we deserve, he made, he's making us his own. Living the life that we could never live, making us his own. Crediting his righteousness to us who don't deserve it, making us, making us his own. So as he makes us his own, we actively pursue him. And in our active pursuit, our value, our value rises. Again, it's not, again, I'm not saying that to say that we're rising in the ranks in Christendom, or in Christhood. It's not what I'm saying. But as we are becoming more and more like Christ, our character changes, our nature changes, who we are changes, and that is what we, are, we want to shine. We want Christ to, to, to light up a room everywhere that we go. We want Christ to, you know, be, uh, we want Christ to, you know, to be, you know, the, the one what shines forth everywhere that we go and in everything that we do. And so that is what makes us of high value. That's what makes us of high status. Um, this is what, you know, God, you know, allows us to do um, and allows us to be. And so, yeah, man. So that's what um, that's how to raise our value as men and women of God. Um, George Welker. Um, well, man, I'm sorry, bro. Um, I don't know, you know what to tell you. I, I will tell you this. We talked about this yesterday real brief, real quickly before I move on, um, that there is a great falling away from Christ um, in today's day, in today's society, um, because we're all active. We, it seems like more and more Christians are pursuing worldly pursuits, um, more so than pursuing Jesus and being more like him. And so you're absolutely right. There's a whole lot of folk that are claiming Christianity, but they're not claiming Jesus. 
They claim to be a part of the faith, but they're only in the faith in so much of how it serves their own agendas. Um, and as a result, there's a lot of people who are completely that are really biblically illiterate. And as a result, they have they've divorced themselves from the power um, that God has given them um, by virtue of a Holy Spirit living inside of them. And so I'm definitely I'm sorry that, you know, that's what you see, um, because I mean, but because you're right. There's a lot of people who claim to be Christians, but their hearts are so far from him to where, you know, when when it's when come judgment day, they're going to be like, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And he's like, I never knew you depart from me. You work as a lawlessness. And so you're absolutely right. Um, and that's a it's a it's a sad thing to see. Um, but it is the reality that we've been living in ever since the dawn of time. Like this ain't nothing new. You know, people have been claiming to be a part of the kingdom for centuries. And yet they still could not be further away from God. And that's, that's real unfortunate for them because, again, they're divorcing themselves from the power that they could possess and the transformation that they could be, you know, walking into and shining that light of the darkness um, if, they, if they would just walk in the power that God has given them. Um, you are watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok and Facebook Live. Um, and so I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to be among you guys today. I got a good, like about 80 more minutes with you before I get off the live today. Um, so I'm definitely excited to be among you guys and hope that you guys are having a fantastic Tuesday morning. Um, I'm here every morning from six to 8 AM. And so I'm definitely grateful that you guys are on the live with me today. Um, feel free to hit me down in that comment box with any questions or concerns that you have. Again, I'm going to read everything that you write, but I may not respond to everything that you say. Um, and toward the end, if you do have any questions, um, I will, um, you know, be answering some of the questions that you have in the chat box um, toward the end of our broadcast today. So sit tight um, and, I'll, and, 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 and don't go anywhere. And I'll come back to these um, these questions and these comments um after um after I've done everything else that I want to um to do on today. Um today is Therapy Tuesday. Um I was gonna do Therapy Thursday and I might still do Therapy Thursday, but I definitely want to do Therapy Tuesday. Um I was talking to a couple of clients um yesterday and um some of the things that they were saying I wanted to bring here on the live and so I hope that this helps you guys out in some type of way. Go ahead and hit that like button and hit that share button if you know of anyone who may be needing some relationship advice. Um, anyone who might be, um, needing, um, you know, some, some insight on, you know, what's going on in their mentals and things. And so I'm going to start off by talking about, um, you know, this couple that I was talking to yesterday, um, they were, you know, discussing with me how they have been, you know, in a relationship for years, um, been married for years. And yet they felt like they just weren't, um, you know, uh, seeing each other anymore. Like they felt like they were. Um, if you've ever heard the phrase excellent roommates, um, you know, they, they would they come home from work. You know, he works a different schedule from her. And more often than not, you know, he's sleeping in one room. She's sleeping in another. Um, the child likes to sleep in the bed with mom. And so we'll constantly wake up in the middle of the night, be like, hey, let me get in the room and, you know, want to sleep in the room and things. And that's very uncomfortable for him. Um that the, the, the sex life is just completely plummeted. Like the last time they had sex was about a year ago. 
Um, and it wasn't even all that. Like, it was very just tolerable, but it wasn't enjoyable. Um, and a lot of what they, um, you know, wanted to do um, together was, uh, was they, they didn't really want to do anything with each other anymore. Um, and it was very disappointing for both of them because they really wanted to spend time with each other, um, but they just felt like their schedules were just mismatching to the point where they just didn't see any, see each other anymore. Um, and so, you know, I, and I asked them around the questions to be like, you know, so, you know, you know, what do y'all do with each other? When's the last time y'all went on a date? When's the last time y'all did this? When's the last time y'all did that? And they were coming up with every excuse known to man talking about, you know, well, you know, I, I don't know I, got to get a babysitter and you don't want to burn your babysitters off and all that type of stuff. And, you know, I wouldn't want to do this because, um, you know, I don't want to, um, you know, burn out, you know, my, 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 my people. And then they don't want to respond to our calls no more and a whole host of other things. And so, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, the scripture tells us, you know, is that our husbands were to love our wives, our, li- our wives are to respect our husbands. And, that we are to, you know, it is to to be um, submissive one to another, um, as Christ was, you know, submissive to to God in 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 reference to you know saving us and redeeming us, right? And so, for a lot of us, we have this tendency to um, to when when life changes, when life changes, and you know, when children are introduced into our world, or we get different jobs, and we are you know advancing in our careers and all those sort of things. There is a tendency to leave our spouses behind, to, you know, act as if, you know, and, and, and it's not, it's not, we don't mean to do this, man. We, it's not that we mean to do this, but we tend to leave our partners behind in pursuit of the things that we're doing. Something else has our attention or something else has our affection. You know, sometimes we, you know, we can forget that, you know, we have a whole spouse here. You know, that still needs attention, that still needs affection, that still needs to know that they're loved, still needs to know that they're cared for, right? Like we sometimes, when we have children, our children can become our whole world. And when that happens, there's a tendency to forget, oh, I still got a whole husband, or I still got a whole wife, and I got to make sure I'm paying attention to them and make sure that, you know, I'm giving them attention and giving them affection. I got to remember that, right? And so for, for some of us, our tendency is when life changes, we forget to adapt to the changing. You know, we're expecting things to kind of be fixed. Like things are just going to be this way forever. They're not going to change. And so when the changes occur, when changes happen, suddenly, you know, our time together and our, um, and our desire to be together will wane as a result of, oh, well, I got to do this and I got to do that and I got to do this and I got to do that. I got to get ready for work. I, got to make sure the kid has, I got to make sure, you know, the dishes are clean. I got to make sure that, you know, that he's got stuff for the weekend or I got to make sure, I got to make sure that my, my job, I got to make sure I get all my stuff in a row and I got to do this. I got to do that. And it's not just on the woman. It's on the man too. Man be the same way. You know, I got to make sure I have this. I got to make sure I have that. I got to make sure I do this. I gotta make sure I do that. And we can become so um, engulfed with the daily activities of life that we forget our spouses. We can forget to love our spouses. We can forget to love the people that we're in relationship with. And so we have to be ever so careful that even in the midst of the changes, and even in the midst of the adaptations, and even in the midst of life's transformations, 
that we are not neglecting the people that we're doing life with. We hope, hey guys, we can sometimes act as if the people in our lives are NPCs, non-playable characters. They're just people that sit in a role of my life, as if my life is a video game. Like, I'm just living my life, and this person is just a fixture in my life. They're not going anywhere. They're not doing anything. They're just there, and they're always going to be there. We forget that our people are people that have souls, that have hearts, that have minds, they have emotions, they have feelings, they have affections. And sometimes we can forget that in the course of life's transformations, in the, in the course of life and what we're trying to live. And we can act as if people are just a part of my life, as if my life is a movie and I'm the main star in the show. No, what we have to remember is that people are people that, again, are, they are whole autonomous people. They have feelings. They have hearts. They have souls. Hey, thank you in use by God. I appreciate that. Like, we got to remember that people have souls. People have hearts. People have consciences. And sometimes we can hurt the people that we love. We can hurt the people that God has, God has called us to share life with by ignoring them in pursuit of all these other things that we're doing. And we can act like they're not going anywhere, but that is a breeding ground for infidelity, a breeding ground for resentment, a breeding ground for bitterness when we ignore or we, um, or we um, overlook the people that we're sharing life with. So I told them last, I told them um, yesterday, you know, it doesn't matter whether all y'all have is 30 minutes together. You got to make those 30 minutes matter. You got to intentionally make those 30 minutes count for something. Um, when I was working um, when I, in working the job that I have right now, I was given the opportunity to make my schedule whatever I wanted it to be. And I intentionally carved out pockets of time within the schedule to ensure that once my kids and my wife got home, I'm making sure that I'm saying something to them. You know, that I'm asking them about their day. I'm see, seeing about their hearts before I go back into doing therapy again. Making sure that we have dinner time together before going back to work. Making sure that I'm not working too late in the night so that my wife and I can have alone time at night after the kids go to bed. Like I intentionally carved those things out. I could have worked my fingers to the bone. I could work all the way till 11 o'clock at night if I wanted to and make all kinds of money. But at the end of the day, had I done and had I done that, my soul, my wife's soul would have been neglected. My kids wouldn't know, you know, where daddy at. You know, well, you know, daddy's working again. You know, so I guess we're gonna be just in here by ourselves. Like we wouldn't have that time together. And so it's not enough to me for me to just make the money and provide for the family. I gotta provide, I can't just provide finances, I gotta provide for their souls. I gotta provide love, I gotta provide peace. I got to provide, you know, um, openness. I got to provide a safe space to talk about and communicate problems and issues. Like all those things are provisions that we as the body, in the body of Christ and as husbands and wives have to provide for one another. And so I make sure that those times that we spend together are intentional. Like I'm making, I'm making sure that in, 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 it's a work in progress, you know, for, for a lot of us, but it's something that we have to do because we are tending to people's souls. Like, we are not just bodies. We are souls. 
we, and our souls matter. You know, we're not just physical bodies. We are souls. We are living souls. And if we're not careful, we can wound people by our absence. We can wound people by um, overlooking them. We can wound people by being so oblivious to their existence, you know, that they, that they end up seeking outward to try to find something to fill the void in their souls. That, only, that again, only Christ can fill, but you're still, you know, wanting to be connected to somebody. I told them, it doesn't matter if all you got is 30 minutes out of your day where y'all are seeing each other. You know, make that time intentional. You know, if your son being in the bed is a problem, then you got to train that child how to sleep in his own bed. I love, I love the fact that you want to sleep with mommy and all that. I get all that. But you, but if you talk about you want to be in the bed with your wife and you have that alone time with her, you got to train that kid. You got to train that kid in order to get up. Um, anything speaking to you um, this morning? Well, yeah, I'm talking about um, relationships, as a matter of fact, right now. Um, and so, again, like, you know, we have to, if, you, if, the, if the kid is in the bed and you want to have alone time with wife, you got to do what you got to do in order to train the kid to go sleep in his own bed. That way you can have alone time. Like you have to be willing to go out of your way to make intentional time with your spouse. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. Submit one to another. This is what God is calling us to do as the people of God, that we love and respect one another in such a way to where we are, you know, edifying one another. We're lifting each other up. We're connecting with one another. We're caring for one another as Christ cared for the church. The guy was talking like, you know, sometimes I'll just be you know, on the couch and so I don't feel like getting back up and then getting in the bed. It's like, so what sacrifice are you ready to make for your wife to know that she that she that she's loved because she's sleeping in her bed by herself and she's telling you she misses you. What are you what, what are you going to do about that? Is the is sleeping that important to you to where you can't take the extra five minutes to get up from where you're at to go get in the bed with your wife? Like. Is, 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 that, is that too much to ask of you? You know, like, look at what Christ accomplished for us. Like, he got on the cross and died for the church. And if, if, if being a husband and wife is supposed to be a picture of the marriage between Christ and the bride, then what are we willing to do? What sacrifices are we willing to make for the sake of, for the sake of our spouses if we are to be a picture of what, of, of what Christ has done for us? And so, again... We got to ask ourselves constantly, ask ourselves consistently, you know, what can we do to make time with each other intentional so that we are connecting with each other, so that we're caring for one another's souls. We're reaching out to one another. We're allowing ourselves to be the children of God that God has called us to be um, by, you know, by sharing in the love and sharing in the joy, sharing in the peace that we have with one another. A lot of times, we as, as the believers in God, we can sometimes neglect the very people that we're sharing life with. I hear a lot of times about pastors who, you know, who put ministry before their families. Um, and it's very disheartening to see that happen because that's not the picture that God is painting for us. We'll put the pulpit before our spouses. Like we'll, we'll put preaching and pastoring before our spouses and our kids. And so our kids are being neglected, but we show do preach and we show do pastor and we show are happy. We know that he's sacrificing for us, but we're neglecting our homes and we're neglecting 
our children and we're neglecting our spouses. And God says, if you're going to be if you're going to be a pastor, you know, you got to take care of home first. If you ain't taking care of home, how are you going to lead his people? And so, again, I'm saying all that to say, you know, that we cannot neglect our people. People are not NPCs. People are not NPCs. People are souls and their souls matter. Their hearts matter. Their, 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 um, their peace matters. As an aside, Helene, you came on my life, not the other way around. You don't like what I'm saying? Deuces, homie. I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't seek for you. You came to me. So I ain't pushing nothing on you. I'm just talking. Um, but this, but again, we, people are not NPCs. People are not just additions to our lives. They are souls and they are souls who can be hurt, souls who can be bruised, souls who can be wounded. And we have to be ever so careful that we're not treating people like NPCs, that we're not treating people like what's going on. Hey, um, um, Allah servant, how you doing? Uh, we gotta, we gotta treat people. Like they're people. We gotta treat them like they matter. We gotta treat people as if they are true souls, true eternal souls. Because if we're not careful, we can find ourselves treating people as if they are just non-playable characters in the story of my life. No, that, that's not so. People have souls and people can be wounded by our ignorance of them or our overlooking of them or acting as if they are meant to just be an addition to my life rather than us sharing life together. Um, and so we got to be very intentional with the time that we have, regardless of, you know, what schedules look like, regardless of what, you know, we got to be willing to lay our, our, our pride aside lay down our desires, our interests, our, our, our pursuits in so much that we're not making our pursuits more important than the people that, we're, that we say that we care about. It doesn't have to be, they don't have to be, one has to be prioritized over the other. They can be equal, but we have to make sure that we're devoting, that we're devoting intentional time and intentional energy to our spouses, to our children, to our loved ones, to the ones that we say that we care about. One person, um, uh, what I, one, one suggestion that I gave them was that, um, you know, uh, um, you know, hey, uh, we all like binge watching stuff. And, you know, my wife and I, we got a show that we're watching together. The family has a show that we're watching together. Um, the kids have shows that they want us to watch with them. And so every now, so every now and then we're watching the show together and that has become our time together. Um, every now and then, you know, I'm playing the video game. My wife is jumping on, um, on the thing. Give me one second. Um, allies don't go anywhere. I'm gonna answer your question, but don't go anywhere. Um, but we, um, but we spend time with each other. You know, I'm playing the game. She's watching me play the game, you know, and we're, you know, and we're spending that time together. Um, we do, and so we're again we're intentionally carving out time. My Fridays are devoted, you know. After my um, last client ends a little bit earlier compared to the other days, my wife and I, you know, we decide what are we gonna do. You know, we go to a restaurant or we go do this or we go do that or whatever. 
uh, we intentionally make time for each other. Because again, you know, if we don't, we're ignoring our hearts and ignoring our souls. Like when we come home, we're talking, how's your day? How's your day? How's your day? You know? And so again, I'm saying all that to say, make your time intentional. Make your time intentional because at the end of the day, if we're not careful, we can end up ignoring the very people that we said we wanted to share life with. They'll say, you know, we that the people that we want to share life with, the people that we want to speak on, the people that we want to, you know, add to our lives, we can end up ignoring them by not, you know, checking on them and making sure that we're checking on their hearts and doing a real good, serious heart check with them. Um, so, yeah, um, get me a swig of this good old drinkity drink. I ain't going to say the name of it, but you can kind of tell what it is. I ain't trying to get hurt by no sponsor or anything. If you want a sponsor, you know, hey, hit a brother up. I ain't trying to get banned by nobody, though. So, I'll let your boy. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy, Eddie D, right here on TikTok and Facebook Live. I do appreciate y'all so much for taking the time to um, holler at your boy. Um, I'll be here from, uh, I'm here every Monday through Friday from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Um, right now, we're going to jump into these comments and see what's going on. Allah's servant asked me, what are my views on Islam? Um, listen, I, I'm a follower of Jesus, so, you know... I, I hope that says it all. Um, you know, I, I Islam is a one of the world faiths, one of the biggest world faiths we have, um, growing in number um, for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, um, y'all don't believe Jesus um, to be the Messiah. And so, you know, and I do. Um, and so that's why I don't ascribe to Islam. Um, I, I follow Christ. You know, Christ is the only one who died for my sins and rose again. Um, and so, you know, Muhammad didn't do that. And so I don't, that's why I don't ascribe to it. Um, you know, um, Islam is a, one of the, one of the world faiths that you will have to, you know, climb in order to, um, in order to earn your way into the, into the kingdom. And, um, I, I don't get down like that cause I can't do it. I, I don't, I'm incapable of getting to the point where I'm actually, you know, worthy of being a part of the kingdom. And so, you know, for that reason, I, um, you know, I don't ascribe to it. Um, and so that's why I don't ascribe to Islam. But I mean, listen, I, listen, I tell people all the time, you know, uh, there's some people who follow Islam who are better people to me <laughs> than some of the people who follow Christ, you know. Um, so I don't knock anybody who follows it because, I mean, if it makes you a great person, it makes you a great person. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're talking about the difference between heaven and hell, you know, you gotta, you gotta be born again. And, uh, and Jesus said, you know, um, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But God did not come into this world to condemn the world, but, um, but, um, but, um, through him, the world might be saved. Um, and so, you know, that's why I follow Jesus. Um, Jesus said, uh, Go in all the Gospels, my brother, but per particularly John 3, 16, when he's talking to the arm, um, talking to the man Nicodemus, talked to him in the dead of night. And he said, what I got to do to be born again? He told him, unless you're born of water and the spirit, you can't be born again. He said, well, how do I be born again in my mother's womb? And he told him, man, listen, in order for you to get into the kingdom, you got to be born again. And this is the way. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him should not perish. Those are the words of Jesus himself. And so, again, um, like I said, you know, it's right there. Plain as day. You know, it's right there. Um, yeah, I mean, Jesus is the son of God, according to what I believe. Again, you know, according to the scriptures, according to our sacred text, Jesus is the son of God. He's he, but he is full on God and full on man. And so and so because of that, um, you know, that is what I believe. Um, and so once again, you know, this is this is this is this is the truth that I believe. Um, and so uh, once again, uh, where did he, where did he say that I'm the son of God? Um, all throughout scriptures. Listen, true. I love you. But this whole circle that you're doing right now. I'm not going to keep going back and forth with you on it. And so if you want to know what's said, go into the scriptures and read the scriptures for yourself. Read the scriptures for yourself. And so, you know, if you want to keep going back and forth, that's fine. I'm not going to stop you from going into the comments. Just keep it classy. Just keep it classy. But I'm not going to keep going back and forth with you because I got a whole 66 books right here. And I'm not going to go back and forth with you when you can go do your own reading. You know, go go do your own reading. No. Again, go do your own reading, handle your business. I love you. Peace out, my homie. Um, and so, um, let me see. Uh, thank you, Sandy, for the follow. I appreciate that. Do you have a physical description of God himself? I'm not Jesus. Um, hold on. Um, uh, the book of Colossians um, says these words here. Give me one second. Okay, okay, Allah servant, a physical description of God. First, uh, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, it says, He, Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. So what that says is, if you want to know who, who, who God is, look to Jesus. So that's all I got. That's all I got. All I need. That's all I need. He is the image of the invisible God. So if I want to know who God is, I got to look to Christ. Yes, and Christ is um is the Son of God. Going into Philippians chapter um Philippians chapter one, uh, no Philippians chapter two. I'm sorry, Philippians chapter two. Philippians chapter 2, starting at verse number 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. So right there. I'm equal with God. And made in the form of God. So. Plain as day, right there. Um, and then it says further down, therefore, in verse nine, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him a name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. And so, again. 
There it is. If you want to know who God is, look to Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God. Furthermore, Christ did not consider his equality with God a thing to be to be take to take advantage of, but rather he humbled himself and made himself of no reputation, becoming a servant and in um in, in, in serving God unto death, even death unto a cross. Therefore, God has given him a name above every name. Like if that's equality with God. But again, Christ ain't not here trying to take advantage of it. Rather, he did the will of his father. Like, yeah, I'm equal with the man, but I know I but I know my place at the same time. What a duality, right? Like I'm equal with God, all power. And yet, I'm submissive to God, dude. That is, mm, that's that's some that's some nugget right there. That's some that's some good stuff right there. And so again, so what that tells us again is that, um, you know, if we again believe what you want to believe, but as for me and my house, we're gonna we're gonna worship Jesus. We rocking with Jesus. And again, I'm not saying that to discount Islam, um, you know, as as a religion. Like you believe what you want to believe, but the fundamental difference for me between Islam. And um, Christianity is the same di the fundamental difference that I have with every other religion in that in every other religion, they say, do, do this, do this, do this, do this. Jesus says it's done. I don't have to do anything to be saved. I don't have to do anything to earn my way into the kingdom. I don't have to do anything in order to rock in order to rock with the savior rather christ has already accomplished everything that i could possibly do in order to gain entry and then credited um credited his gaining of entry to me like christ deserves that he did the work and yet he's giving me the a and saying come on in i don't got to work for that and so again you know every other religion says do this and you will live do this and you will live. Do this and you will live. Christ says, I already did it. I just need you to repent and believe. I just need you to repent and believe. That's all I need to do. Turn your allegiance to me and put all your, put all your eggs in this basket. That's what repentance and belief is. It is a turning away from sin, turning away from um, idolatry, turning away from all these things, saying, I am, I am making the declaration that, that I am no longer in a in a relationship with the things that are not like you. And I am married to one spiritual spouse in Christ. I am married to that. I don't want any relationship with anything else. And I am believing, putting all of my eggs in this basket. This all, all I am all in. I'm not putting my faith in anything else but God. If I'm wrong about Jesus, then that, that's game. <laughs> that's game. Because I'm not putting my faith in nothing else. My, my beliefs are steeped in Jesus. I don't believe in anything else but him. And so um, now uh, somebody said, um, you don't have to do anything. Absolutely. You don't have to do anything to get in. But now once you're in, he says, you got to take up your cross. You got to deny yourself. You got to take up your cross and you got to do that thing daily. You can't be one of Christ's disciples if you're not going to take up your cross. That's why this faith thing is such to where he gives us a heart that wants to love him, gives us a heart that wants to, you know, worship him, gives us a heart that wants to follow him, gives us a heart that wants to treasure him because this pursuit of godliness 
you are literally fighting against those gods that we let go, those idols that we let go, those passions that we let go, those those carnal desires that we let go of. When we said, I don't want anything to do with that now, I'm turning my face to him. That's the work that we do, but that work does not get us into the kingdom. We're already in the kingdom. That work just makes us more like Christ as we are being um, compelled by the Holy Spirit transformed by the Holy Spirit to become more like Jesus. And that's what makes our pursuit of God more of a delight than a um, more of a delight than just a a, 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 um, a a burden. Because again, I'm already in the kingdom. Like, dude, I'm already in. Like, that's what's up. So now the pursuit of godliness is not a means of trying to get into the kingdom at the last minute, you know, trying to make sure I do enough good to outdo my bad. No, I, all of my bad has been taken care of on the cross. All of my bad was taken care of when he died and rose again. All of my bad was taken care of when he descended into hell and rose again. Like all that was taken care of. So now as I'm actively pursuing God, am I going to make some mistakes along the way? Absolutely. But those mistakes are not going to count me out of the kingdom because the difference between Making mistakes not in the kingdom and making mistakes in the kingdom is that if there is a pursuit of godliness within us, then anytime we have a desire to do something that's not like that's not like God, let alone doing it, we are grieved on the inside. Our spirit is grieved. Our spirit is vexed on the inside when we're doing when we're doing something that is not when we're thinking about doing something that's not a God. And so, again, that grief is supposed to, oh my gosh, thank you, God. That godly, ooh, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Give me a second, give me a second, give me a second. Um, Second Corinthians chapter 7, uh, verse number, starting with verse number 9. As it is, I rejoice, not because you are grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting for you felt a godly grief so that you suffered no loss through us for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. Whereas worldly grief produces death for see what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you, but also what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what punishment at every point you proved you have proved yourself innocent in the matter. And so what, what Paul says there is that, dude, like we get to a place where when we're doing something that we know is not of God, when we do, when we're thinking about doing something that's not of him, like our hearts are grieved by that thing. If we have a relationship with God and that grief should lead us to a returning back to God. Because again, listen, you're in the kingdom. You are in the kingdom, right? And so anytime that we are turning away from God, the Holy Spirit grieves us. Like, no, this is not what I want you to do. This is not where I want you to be. This is not what I'm trying to do for you. And so what we do is we're turning ourselves back to the Savior, back to God, back to godliness, back to holiness. And as a result of that, what God does is he produces in us, Nushi, what's up, girl? How you doing? Thank you for coming on the live today. Um, but what? The, so anytime that we find ourselves in a place where 
we are not of where we're not doing something that we know that we know God is not pleased with, or we know that we even have a thought of doing something that God's not pleased with, the Holy Spirit will grieve us. And that godly grief should lead us back to the Savior, turn us back to God. But, but here it is. Even if we do do something wrong, right? Even if we do do something wrong, needing prayer for protection and safety, I got you, my girl. I got you. Don't go anywhere. Once I, when, I finish, when I finish this, give me, give me two more minutes. I think I'll, I think I'll be done. Um, so don't go anywhere. Um, but we turn ourselves, we're turning ourselves back to God. When we do, do make a mistake, when we do something wrong, we turn ourselves back to the Savior. And as we're turning ourselves back to the Savior, that godly grief uh, leads to repentance that produces a salvation without regret. Like, I know, I know I messed up. I know I've done wrong. I know I've made a mistake. I know I've done things I shouldn't have done, right? But I'm not going to let that now defeat me. And say, oh, well, you know, I guess I'm not a part of the kingdom because, you know, I messed up again. No, we fall down, but we get back up again. We fall down, but we get back up again. And it's the, it's the love of God that we have that, res that resonates in our hearts to a, that allows us to keep moving forward, to keep getting back on that horse, to keep getting back on that bike and keep trying again. Because, again, at the end of the day, we are turning ourselves back to God. We turn ourselves back to the Savior. And as we turn ourselves back to the Savior, God reminds us, dude, I died for every sin you committed. I, just, I died for every sin you're going to commit. I, just, I died for everything that, you, that you're thinking and everything that you're doing so that you can have peace with me, eternal peace with me. So don't, don't, don't count yourself out the kingdom just because. Don't, don't count yourself outside of, outside of the kingdom just because you feel like you've done something wrong. We make you make mistakes. You're human. You're going to mess up. But God turns us back to him by the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in us. He turns us back to him to make us more like him each and every day. He turns us back to him to remind us that, dude, here we are. Like you are a part of the kingdom. You are a part of this place. So turn, turn, keep turning. Repentance, turn your allegiance. Turn your affections. Divorce the, the things that you love. Divorce the things that are not of me. And turn to me. Keep turning to me. Keep remembering your vow. Keep remembering that you are married to me. You are a part of the kingdom now. And because you're a part of the kingdom, you're not going to be counted out. You're not going to be counted out. And so, again, you know, that's where God, that's where God would have us to be. And that's where God, you know, that's what God would have for us. And so we're thankful for him and thankful for what he's done for us. And so well, um, to God be the glory. Nushi, I'm going to pray for you real quick, girl. Gracious Heavenly Oh, my God. Sorry. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence, Lord God. We thank you that you thought it not robbery to give us this opportunity to be able to come to you today, to be able to um, just shine some light on your truth and to shine some light on who you are and to be reminded of the love the grace and the peace and the mercy and the joy that you have bestowed upon us by virtue of Christ's death, burial, resurrection, and ascension and future return. Send in a special prayer to Nushi on today, Lord God. Just keep her protected, Lord God. Keep her, um, keep her, her heart and her mind, you know, just stayed on you, Lord. Remind her that, you know, that she is loved by you, that she is loved by a gracious and merciful God, and that she is protected from all dangers seen and unseen. Um, Lord God, just keep her covered under your blood. 
And Lord God, regardless of the circumstances going on in her life, know that you will never leave her nor forsake her. For as you said in your word, though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we have nothing to fear because you are with us. The weapons that are formed against us, they might hurt us, Lord God, but they will not prosper as it pertains to our soul's peace and eternal security in you. And so, Lord God, we're asking that, you know, that you just drown out all fear, drown out, drown out all doubt, drown out all worry, and keep her covered, Lord God, in a mighty and powerful and special way. Lord God, we're thankful on this day that you've given us this platform to be able to connect through. And Lord God, just asking and seeking your guidance and your patience and your will um, for, you know, for her life as well as all of ours, Lord God. And again, we're just thankful, God, that you've allowed this divine connection to take place and to unfold and ask that you just continue just to love and just to pour out your love upon us all in such a mighty and powerful and special way. And at the end of the day, my, um, my Lord, we'll be so careful to give your name our praise, glory, and honor. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I love, I love you, girl. You take care of yourself. You be well. Um, you know, you got this. You got this. Whatever God's doing in your life, whatever he's... Wherever he's leading you, wherever he's taking you, he's got you in the palm of his hand. And so just keep loving him, keep delighting in him, keep celebrating him, and trust and believe that he's got you covered. He's got you covered, my girl. If you ever need anything, you ever want to talk or anything, you know where to find me. Um, you know, I'm always here for you. Um, and so, you know, just hit me up whenever. Um, but know that you are loved. You are loved by the almighty God who thought it, who thought enough of you to get on the cross, you know, yeah, he died for the sins of the world and he died for you. And so to God be the glory for the things that he's done um, and the things that he's doing in your life. And, um, and just, he's going to keep you covered. He's going to keep you covered. He's got the, got the angels protecting you today. Um, and to God be the glory. I'm, I'm so, um, so thankful to have had this opportunity to be able to share some, um, share some word with you today. Um, so love you, girl. You take care of yourself today. Um, and, um, and like I said, if you will, if you ever need to talk, you know, just hit me up in the DMS, um, and you know where to find me. Um, let me see what you got going on here in these comments. Um, let's see. I'll pray. Um, I'm praying for you too. Jesus is my Lord and savior. I'm praying for you as well. Um, that, um, the God's got you and has got you in the palm of his hand. You guys are awesome. All right, my girl, take it easy. Nushi. Um, Let's see. Are you willing to debate? Um, um, sure. Uh, what you want to talk about? You got two minutes. If you, if you don't say something in the next two minutes, then I'm gonna um, then I'm gonna go on to my next topic. So, what you want to talk about? In the meantime, you are watching the True Gospel Morning Show, Boy Eddie D. Right here, I'm on here Monday through Friday, six a.m. to eight a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so feel free to come into the chat box um, and holler at your boy. Um, like this, share this. Share with your friends, share it with your enemies, don't care who. Um, but I'm here 6 a.m., 8 a.m. every single day. Um, and so, um, yeah, man. So don't put me on a part of the time if I actually feel a word of the Lord. Okay. Um, okay. All right. Um, so here we go. Um, so the other thing I want to talk about today is we're talking on, you know, um, therapy Tuesday. 
Um, like I said, you know, um, today is therapy, it's therapy Tuesday. I should have did this on Thursday, so it's therapy Thursday. Uh, but I'm doing it today anyway. Um, had this guy um, who said that um, that he, you know, was feeling like he was not living up to his family's expectations. Um, he felt like he was not being the person that God had called. That well, not even gonna say who God called him to be. He wasn't being the person that he felt like his family wanted him to be. Um, he felt like he was letting all of his friends down. He felt like he was letting all of his family down. And he was just in this state of just feeling this, this total unrest in his soul. And so in talking to him, I asked him the question. I said, you know, so who told you that this is what you're supposed to be doing? Who, who said that this is the life that you're supposed to live? Who said that these are the expectations that you're supposed to live up to? And he said, honestly, nobody. I said, I think that might be part of the problem. You know, you place these expectations on yourself. You, 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 you place these un, un, um, unrealistic expectations on yourself. And you then projected them onto people as if people put those or put those um, expectations on you got mad with them because of the expectations you put on yourself and defeated yourself by the expectations that you placed on yourself because you thought they were not going to prove of you because of the expectations you placed on yourself and so I'm, I, I say that um, to say that for some of us in the kingdom we place what's going on Kyotis? Good to see you. We sometimes will place undue expectations on ourselves when it comes to earning our space in the kingdom. You know, we will sometimes act as though I have to do these things in order to be a part of the kingdom. I have to do these things in order for God to love me. I have to do these things in order for God to bless me. I have to do these things in order for God to give me, you know, to give me, you know, peace. I have to do these things in order to get in a space where God won't throw down lightning bolts and thunders and thunder roars at me. I got to put myself in a place where I'm not going to hell. I got to put myself in a place. I got to do something for him in order to absolve myself of all the bad that I've done. I've got to, you know, I've got to, um, you know, do something in order to make God love me. You know, a lot of times we go into our relationships with God under false pretenses. We sometimes will act as though, you know, and, and, and call it, you know, the relationship that we have with our parents or the relationship that we have with the church. But sometimes we will act as though the relationship that we have with God is such to where I got to make him love me. We'll sing to the highest of our lungs because we want God to hear me. We'll, 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 we'll pray with lofty words so that we can get God to open up the door, say the incantation the right way in order to get God to unlock his hand and give us the things that we want. We'll read the right Bible verses in order to, you know, have that word stirred up in our hearts, that right, that right verse that be stirred up in our hearts to get God to love us more and to do more for us. And as a result of that, we will sometimes put ourselves in a place 
where we are disconnecting ourselves or divorcing ourselves from God because if he doesn't show up or he doesn't deliver or we don't do enough or we don't feel like we're enough for God, we will divorce ourselves from him as if our good deeds are not enough to satisfy a loving God. But here's the thing. Our good deeds will not be enough to satisfy a loving God. Like, that's kind of the point. Like, the whole point of us walking with God is we can't earn our way into the kingdom of God. And that's a beautiful thing because it allows, or rather, it doesn't allow, but because God has made a way for us to be a part of the kingdom. In Romans chapter 3, Paul says it like this. Starting at verse 19, now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight since through the law comes the, comes the knowledge of sin. Further up in... Um, Further up in, in, in chapter 3, it says this, as it is written, verse 10, none is righteous, no, not one. He then says in verse 21, but now the righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. And so what that tells us is that of course, our good deeds are not going to get us into the kingdom. There is no amount of good that you can do that's going to get you into the kingdom. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Your, no, no amount of good works you do is going to satisfy a righteous God because our righteousness is but a filthy rag, a bloody tampon in the name, in, 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 in the face of God. Like our righteousness is nothing. It's, it's incomparable to the righteousness of God. So there's nothing that we can do that will satisfy God and, and make him say, Okay, you're good now. You can come into the kingdom. Okay, now you're good. I'll, I'll bless you. You're good now. I'll give you some stuff. I'll keep the lightning bolts away. God tells us there ain't nothing you can do about that. But, uh, awesome. All right, girl, I'll see it in a second. I'll see it after I get done with this live. Um, but, you know, when it comes to, um, when it, so when it comes to our righteousness, not, ain't nothing you can do to satisfy a, a satisfy a good God. But that's why the gospel of Jesus Christ is such good news because Christ satisfied the debt. He satisfied it for us. Like, dude, the God of the universe made a way 
to satisfy the debt that we owe so that we can now have entry into the kingdom. That then means that by repentance and belief, we are the image bearers of God by virtue of being created. But now that Christ has come, died, resurrected again, we can be a part of the kingdom and be called the sons of God, the daughters of God, worthy, loved, cherished, adored, wonderful, magnificent, awesome. Like we are all of those things. We are valued. We are validated. We are accepted. We are, we, we like, we are all of these things because of Christ. Like, because of Christ, not because we earned it, not because we worked for it, not because we did anything important, not because we did anything fantastic. No, we are these things because Christ has made us these things upon repentance and belief. And that is a beautiful flipping thing. Like, he loves us so much that he credited his righteousness to us so that if we believe in him, we have everlasting life with the Father. Like, we have a relationship with the God of all creation, the one who created this entire universe and everything that's in it. We have a relationship with him, and he calls us righteous. He calls us worthy. He calls us loved. He calls us validated. He calls us accepted. There are so many people that I talk to in therapy who are looking to be validated, who are looking to be heard, who are looking to be seen, who are looking to be accepted by somebody. And what Christ tells us is that I, I validate you. I value you. I see you. I hear you. I know you better than you know yourself. I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. I know everything about you. I stand with you. I'm right there by your side every single day. Like these are the promises of God that God has promised us. When he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Before the guy that, that was watching talking about, did Christ really say that? According to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's what Jesus said according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know, and so take with that what you will. But he promised us, I'm never, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm with you even to the end of the age. And so again, these are the promises of God that God has given us that you are validated. You are valued. You are loved. You are treasured. You are adored. You don't have to do a thing to earn his love. You don't have to do a thing to earn his grace. You don't have to earn a thing. You, have to, you don't have to do a thing to earn his, his, his validation. As a result, if we can walk in that, if we can live in that, if we can anchor ourselves in that, then we don't need anybody else's approval. Now, it's not to say that we don't want it. It's not to say that we can't have it. It's not to say that we can't ask for it, but it simply means that I don't have to earn anybody's validation. I don't need anybody's approval. I don't need anybody's, yay, I'm so proud of you. I don't need that. Do I want it? Sure. But do I need it? No. And the reason why we don't need it is because we are validated by the almighty God whose, whose opinion is the only ones who met, who, who met, who the only one whose opinion matters. We don't need anybody else's approval or need anybody's acceptance of us in order for us to move forward 
in the things that God would have us to do and the thing that God would have us to be. Again, do we want it? Absolutely. But what I have found is that when we are able to anchor ourselves in the love, validation, and acceptance that God has given us, we are then able to turn that on ourselves and love, validate, and accept ourselves. Like, I love me some me. I adore me some me. I, I validate myself. And then, if the, if the people in my life, if they love, validate, and accept me for who I am, apart from my accomplishments, then to God be the glory, we continue moving forward. But if I find that there are people who don't love, validate, and accept me for who I am and are expecting me to do something to earn their love, validation, and acceptance, then I no longer need them in my life and can move them accordingly so that I am no longer anchoring myself, tethering myself to them by virtue of my accomplishments. Because even on the best day, can we call a spade a spade? You can do everything for somebody, right? And they still find some reason to not want to be around you, not want to love you, not want to be, you know, with you, um, not want to have, um, not want to have a relationship with you. And so at the end of the day, we have, again, if we are washed over by the blood of the lamb, we are accepted in a way that we, that's incomparable, incomparable. Um, you know, we are in a space where, you know, we are able to, to, to just be washed over by love, validation, and acceptance from an almighty God, an almighty creator of the universe. And that is the greatest treasure that we could ever possess, the greatest thing that could ever happen to us. You know, we want so badly to be loved, validated, and accepted by, by others. And so we try to amass all this wealth and try to climb all these ladders and try to attain all this knowledge and try to prove ourselves and stick out our chest and say, look at what I know. I know more than you. I feel be I'm, I'm better than you. I think better, I think better than you. I, I understand more than you. I, I know the, the secrets of the universe more than you. And so we do these things in an attempt to try to pump ourselves up and make ourselves look great and make ourselves look known and make ourselves feel like we're so much better than other people. But at the end of the day, what does that all account for? Christ himself said, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Like, you got all this stuff, but how about your soul? How's your soul doing? Because at the end of the day, heaven and earth and everything in it is going to pass away. But our eternal souls are bound for an eternal destiny. And if we're not taking care of our souls, then you can have all the things in the world. You can have all the knowledge in the world. You can have all the wisdom. You can have all the cars. You can have all the money. But at the end of the day, what's, where's your soul? Where's your soul? Because at the end of the day, if your soul is not anchored in Christ, if your soul is not anchored in an eternal space, then you will always find yourself looking, seeking, searching for something. You know, even my boy Mark Sagan down there right now, you know, he's talking about, you know, you know, that God ain't real and I'm tired of delusion of people and the souls are made up and all this type of stuff. Hey, listen, whatever you got to believe in order to make yourself move forward in life, so be it. But keep in mind, and, I'm, and I say this all the time, if you feel that way, why are you still here? Because at the end of the day, I didn't tell you to come here. I didn't tell you to come here. 
But I bet you that's God knocking on the soul of your knocking on your soul saying, hey, can you shut up for a minute and just listen to what this guy is saying? Because I'm trying to get something to you if you just shut up for a minute. Because, again, I didn't tell you to come to my life. You came to mine. And, hey, I'm, I, ain't, I ain't mad at you. <laughs> say what you want to say. But at the end of the day, you're here. So apparently God wants you to be here to hear something. So rather than trying to just beat up, how about you just listen? Just listen. Maybe there's something that's being said on the true gospel ministry morning, the true gospel morning show. Again, you came here. <laughs> You're on my show. So you came here. So why not just Stop talking and listen for a second. Maybe there's something because you're not going to change this. I'm here Monday through Friday. I'm here Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. This show ain't going nowhere. <laughs> so <laughs> ain't changing no perspectives over here. So if you own the show trying to change the perspective, you've, you've already lost that. You've already lost that. Um, so I'm gonna let, so let you do what you do. Just remember to keep it classy. That's all I ask. Just keep it classy. You can't keep it classy, then I have to get then I have to, you know, boot you up out of here. Um, so here it is though. Again, you know, God loves us, validates us, and accepts us by virtue of Christ having died on the cross and rose again. So I'm telling you all today, you are loved, you are valued, you are validated, you are accepted by a loving God who thought it not robbery to make himself of, of a human and die the death that we deserve, live the life we couldn't live, and then credit that righteousness to us and said, you are loved, you are valued, you are accepted, you are known, you are awesome, you are amazing, and you're all of these things, not because of what you've done, but because of what Christ did. And because of what Christ did, if you turn away from your idols, turn away from your worldly pursuits, turn away from your worldly affairs, turn away from the desires of your flesh, denounce those things, and turn to me, turn to me, then I promise you an eternal valuation, an eternal validation, an eternal acceptance that will never fade away. Oh, God, thank you. In the movie The Dark Knight, Harvey Dent, is talking to um talking to Bruce Wayne and people there at this party. And he says to um he said and, and I can't remember who said it to who because I haven't I haven't watched this movie in so long. But I, he said to he said you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And there have been so many instances in my own life where you know on one day I would be the greatest person on my job. Everybody's showering me with accolades. Oh, you did such a great job. I'm so proud of you. Glad how you handled that situation. Duh, 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 duh. I'm sticking out my chest like I'm a he-man. You know, like, yeah, I sure did do that. You know, I'm getting the pats on the head and the rubs on the bed. Like, yeah, man, that's what's up. Look at what I've done. I'm awesome. I'm amazing. And I've got everybody cheering for me. And then the very next week, you know, here it is. The same people that were lifting me up. We're the same one saying, why the F did you do this? I can't believe you did this. You know, what's going on here? 
Why did you allow this to happen? Da, 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 da. And I'm looking at him like, I did the same thing I did last week, this week. Like, ain't nothing changed but the rent. <laughs> well, why, why are you acting that way toward me today? Like, I don't understand what's going on. We did the same thing that we've always been doing. Ain't nothing changed. You know, we, 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 if we, if, and if I would have allowed their praise of me to be how I value myself, then when they beat me down, it would have beat me down. A lot of times we find so much value in other people, in other things, in other pursuits. We find ourselves in a situation where we are constantly on the hamster's wheel trying so hard to make other people happy, trying to make other people feel good, trying to make other people do this. And when we can't do it, because it's not going to happen always, every person that we live with and every person that we interact with at some point or another, we are going to let them down because people are fickle. One day they love us, the next day they hate us. At, listen, if you got children, one day they love you, the next day they hate you. You got a spouse, one day they love you, the next day they mad because you left the seat, they left the toilet seat up or you didn't do the dishes or didn't do laundry one day. And we beat ourselves up whenever we feel that sting of the, uh, the, the disapproval because, oh, my God, I can't believe I can't believe I made them upset. I can't believe I made them unhappy. I can't believe, oh, my God, I got I got to go and make them happy. I got to go do something in order to make it right. And that level of anxiety is crippling for some people. That level of anxiety is crippling to the point where they do not know how to exist on their own unless they're making somebody happy. And so if I can't make my spouse happy, I'll go make somebody else happy for a moment so I can make myself feel good. If I can't make my kids happy, at least I can make somebody on my job happy. And we're constantly pursuing the next thing, the next person, the next idea to make someone happy so we can feel valued, feel validated, feel accepted, and feel loved. And what God says to us as it pertains in Ecclesiastes 3.11, God purposefully put eternity in our hearts so that if we don't if we don't fill it with something eternal we will look around this entire world looking for something to keep filling us over and over and over again feeling the emptiness of our souls and as a result of that if we do not find something to anchor ourselves in that is eternal that is everlasting that is that is not changing that is um, that is not, not bound by time, then we will find ourselves constantly in pursuit of the next thing to fill the void of our souls. And so it's, we got to be ever so careful that, you know, that if we, that, that we are not putting ourselves in a position where we are allowing the world to be where we get our value, where we get our worth, where we get our love, where we get our acceptance. Because if we're not careful, if we are not careful, we will find ourselves feeling so defeated when on one random freaking day, almost cuss, on one random day, nothing we do works. I can't make the kids happy. I can't make my spouse happy. I can't make my bosses happy. I can't make myself happy. I can't do anything. I can't even make the dog happy. Everything's just falling apart all around me. And I feel worthless. I feel 
unaccepted. I feel like I can't make anybody happy. And if you're tethering your worth and your happiness and your evaluation on how other people feel about you, then you will fall apart because their valuation of you is not going to last always. Again, it comes in ebbs and flows. One day for a good long while, you might be the good guy. But on that off day that you're the bad guy, oh my God, I was talking to this couple and um, the couple, uh, the, 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 the wife had cheated on her husband. And when we boiled it down, she said, you know, I spend my whole life making other people happy. You know, I, um, I, 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 I'm a, I'm a teacher job. You know, I teach the kids. I make them happy. You know, I'm with the, the staff. I make them happy and all that stuff. And, and, you know, and, and, you know, I had this situation, a circumstance where, you know, um, I was, I, I needed somebody to, to, to val to, to validate me. And so I went to my husband and I needed validation, but instead of giving me validation, he gave me correction. Now I needed the correction, but I didn't want the correction. I wanted, I wanted validation. I didn't get it from him. And so when I didn't get it from him, I called up one of my teacher friends and he gave me the validation that I needed. And because I got the validation from him, I slowly just started, you know, seeking him for validation. I didn't know what I was really doing, but it just felt so good to be validated at a time where the school wasn't validating me. My friends weren't validating me. My husband didn't validate me. Nobody was validating me except this guy. And so I went to this guy and I ended up sleeping with him several times because he gave me the validation that I needed. And I didn't have any validation of my own. I was seeking it out from other people. And because he gave me what I needed at the time, that's where I got it from. But I implode, I've imploded my entire marriage and I love my husband. I want to be with my husband, but I just didn't feel like I had it at the time. And so now they're struggling because rather than being able to say I need validation from my husband at the time, instead I sought it, didn't get it, you know, subliminally and subconsciously. Then, you know, I went and then, then I went and sought other people for it and destroy has destroyed the marriage now as a result. And, and that's what we're saying here. If you don't have validation within yourself, it, it, you're going to seek it from elsewhere. And if you don't see, and if you're seeking it elsewhere and they don't give it to you, you're going to spin your wheels trying to find the next space. And that's because we have an eternal longing in the soul, an eternal longing that only an eternal being can fill. And so again, if your soul is not anchored in something eternal, then everything in this world is going to let you down at some point. And you're constantly going to be trying to pull off the shelf. What's the next thing I can do to fill? What's the next thing I can do to fill? What's the next thing I can do to fill? And you're always going to be feeling, trying to fill yourself from an empty cup. Always filling yourself from an empty cup rather than being poured into in a space that's already full to where you're overflowing and abounding in love. And so, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you can say you get enough love from all these people. That's all well and good. I'm glad that you do. But let it be known that even on their best day, the love that they have for you is incomparable to the love that God has. But you have to be willing to give them a try. We can be in such opposition to God. Our hearts can be so hardened away from God that even among 
you know, those who are testifying to the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for us. Nah, I don't want nothing to do with that. I'm good. I got a fiance that loves me. You know, I got I get love, more love from my mom. Hey, listen, hey, that's what's up. That's what's up. Do what you do. Do what you do. But at the end of the day, I can only tell you what I know. And you have to try them. You have to try them. You have to try them. Because at the end of the day, again, you, you, you're, you're on, I'm, I'm gonna put it, I'll put it like this. You're still here on my live, right? This is a, you're not one of my followers. You're not one of the people that gets a notification from me saying that, hey, you know, Eddie D is live right now, right? You could literally be anywhere else listening to anybody else talk about anything else. But God, in his infinite love and wisdom, thought it not robbery that on a random ass Tuesday, yeah, I said the word ass, on a random Tuesday, while you're scrolling through TikTok, you landed on my live. And we're talking about the value of a person in the face of an almighty God. All I'm saying is that ain't coincidental. I don't believe in coincidences. You might, but I don't. And I believe that God orchestrates everything. He is the master and command. Ooh, master and commander. Of all things, as it says in the book of Colossians, start at verse uh, chapter one, verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together I again I don't believe in coincidence I don't believe in coincidence um and listen um you know I'm not saying you know you know listen at the end of the day like God has orchestrated all of this I'm not saying that you got to believe anything that I'm saying. But all I am saying is that you're not my follower. You haven't followed me. So why would God decide to have you come on the... When it come back up, give it a minute. I had it and it and lost just like that. <laughs> just like that. God, dog it. The True Gospel Morning Show. And let me, let me, and let me do something real quick. Nope, nope, nope. It's not what I meant. It's not what I meant. Flip, flip it again. Come on. It's not what I meant. There we go. The True Gospel Morning Show. Why would God have you come to the True Gospel Morning Show if he didn't want you to hear what he had to say to you? This is the way, one of the ways that God shows his love to us by putting us in a position to hear from him if we're willing to listen. Because if you don't believe in God, why are you here? 
Why are you here? I didn't call you. I didn't call you. So, again, I'm grateful that you're here. Let's call a spade a spade. Again, I didn't call you here. And so, all I'm saying is, God is the orchestrator of all things. You can believe it's the algorithm if you want to, but all that all you're doing is giving credit to creation rather than creator. Romans chapter 1. That's why I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. But so do what you do, but at the end of the day, no one but no one understand that I ain't going nowhere. One, two, God loves you and wants a relationship with you. He loves you and wants a relationship with you. So whenever you're ready, listen, I'm here. I'm here. You know, and, you know, and I want, you know, yeah, and I, and I get that and I understand that. But at this, but at this, but at the end, but at the end of the day, you know, you're seeing and discussing other people's perspectives, but are you really listening to the other perspective or are you just looking to argue? Because if you're just looking to argue, you're not going to get an argument from us. Like, I, that's not what I come on here to do. You know, but at the end of the day, um, the question you have to ask yourself is, what type of effort were you looking for from God? Because that's the key. We want God to show up a specific way. And with this, I'm going to get out of here. We expect God to show up a specific way in our lives, right? And sometimes we will evaluate God and put God in, in the seat of our own judgment by virtue of him either showing up or not showing up the way that we want to. So God didn't show up for you in a way that you thought should be satisfactory. What did you want God to do in your life all those years that he never did? What did you want God to do for you specifically? Not talking about in general what he does for other Christians. What did you want, what did you want him to do for you that he didn't do that made you feel like, well, then God, I, I just don't believe in him no more because he didn't show up for me in this way. Because I'm here to tell you, you are not alone. You are in such Good flipping company. There are so many people in the Bible who ask the same freaking question. God, where you at? God, why didn't you show up like I needed you to? God, can't you see I'm struggling? Can't you see I'm going through? Can't you see that things are not going right? Where you at? There are so many times in so many situations and so many circumstances where we feel as though, you know, God has not shown up for us. And when that happens, we will then get whole attitudes with God and say, I want nothing to do with God. And then we'll get on people's lives and get on people's, um, you know, things and be like, God ain't real. God ain't real. Stop talking about God. Stop talking about God. But why did, what are you upset about? What are you, what, what did God do to you? Or what did God not do for you that caused you to want to fall out of, um, out, of, out of right relationship with him? You say, most of the time I ask you questions, you qu ask questions you Christians won't answer. 
Um, so what's your so what so then what's your question? What's your question? Okay, so while I'm waiting on you to put the question up, because I got three minutes before I got to get out of here. Um, listen, I thank y'all so, so much for coming on to the show today. I thank y'all for the um, 1,100 likes that we got today. You guys are awesome. I really do appreciate y'all from the bottom of my heart for giving me those. I thank you for the follows that I received today. Um, and, you know, oh, no, I got I to gotta go, gotta go to work. And besides, my show ends at 8, so I got to go to work. Um, but I do appreciate y'all. Um, and so, um, I do appreciate y'all from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to get on my live today. Um, and to, um, you know, to, to share some, they allow me to share some knowledge and wisdom with y'all. Um, you guys are awesome. I love y'all from the bottom of my heart. So, so much. Um, thank you all for those who have been, um, who paid attention today. Um, you know, listen, I love all y'all. I don't care whether you believe or don't believe. I love every last one of y'all. I appreciate y'all so, so much because without y'all, show wouldn't be where it's at today. And even though we're only two days old, I appreciate y'all from the bottom of my heart. Please come back tomorrow um, and, 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 and spit, some, um, spit some truth with me today um, on, on the next day. Um, and so I love y'all so, so much from the bottom of my heart. Um, again, um, um, let's see, um, SK, um, exclamation point, if you feel foggy enough, follow me and hit me up in the DMs with whatever questions or comments you have. I may answer those questions here on the live. Um, and so feel don't um, don't hesitate to ask me any question that you have. Um, you know, I love to spit truth with you guys. Um, like I always say, I love that y'all are in the comments as long as you keep it classy and let you say whatever you want to say. Um, and so I do love y'all so, so much from the um, bottom of my heart. Um, you know, and again, you know, y'all, if y'all feel like y'all going to come on here and convince me of something different, you got the wrong channel, homie. Um, but at the end of the day, Say what you feel. Just again, just keep it classy. That's all I ask. Just keep it classy. Um, but again, I love y'all so, so much. You guys are awesome. Um, I've had a great day with y'all. Nushi, listen, girl, you, you don't become one of my day ones. I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart uh, for spending some time with your boy today. Uh, and don't, do not think that that goes unnoticed. I, I am so freaking grateful um, for you. Um, you know, you kind of like a, a celebrity to me. So the fact that you be following me and and talking to me like I'm almost like starstruck every time I see you on the live. So I do appreciate you um so so much for spending some time with me today. Um to my um to my love, Shaquita Nicole. I appreciate you so so much for for your love and support. 
um, and to everybody that's on here. Thank y'all so, so much for spending a little bit of time with your boy. I hope that this has been edifying for your soul. Um, and as always, if you can't see the good, be the good. I love you guys. Peace out, homies.